Hello and welcome to another episode of A Modern Shaman with Kimberly Harlan and Isabella Stoloff. Hey everybody. We are here this week to talk about being a mom, motherhood. Look how you did that. You were just like being a mom, shrinking in the corner because I don't want to talk about that. Well, it's still, I am a mom. I got two kids, Um, but it still blows me away that that happened. Um, so May is coming and we are kind of preparing um, just for the month of May there's a, there's a lot going on with holidays and Memorial Day and Cinco de Mayo which is actually not May 5th in Mexico anyway yeah. that's a story for another day um, yeah so I really want to talk about self-care because as a mother how the hell do you get any of that? You can't even take a fucking shower no. without putting the kid. Well, this is what we used to do. We put the kid in the baby seat, you know, yeah. and put the baby seat yeah. from the car yeah. in the shower. Right. I, so I know that's oh kind God. of when when we were talking about subjects and um, what I, I and conceiving this. <laughs> see what I did there. Oh, Cons- that was clever. Conceiving this episode. It's a little early, but yeah. Thank you. Um, Birthing this episode yes. into being. So <laughs> it be uh, it, from the beginning. I thought it should be called, and I don't even know what we're going to call it quite yet. We never do. So a ton so. of the wait. The ton of bricks transformation of becoming a mother. The ton of bricks transformation. Very long mouthful, but yeah, it is a ton of bricks to transform yourself and become a mother, and turn yourself inside out. Yes, you do literally turn yourself inside out. I wanted to call this episode, Are You Ready to Be a Mother? Because And you could be, I mean, my kids are in in the second half of their 20s, and I still ask myself that question every day. It's a little late, Kim. uh, It's a little (laughs) late, but but I think... They're with you forever. I think we made it through. I don't feel like they're... That I have to be their mom or their parent anymore because my work is done. Nope, sorry. I have a 46-year-old son, a 44-year-old daughter, and a 31-year-old daughter, and your work is never done. And now three strapping young men, grandsons, two 17-year-olds and a 15-year-old. Yeah. Who, you know, like, it just, it doesn't, it, you choose to be a mom, you choose for the rest of your life. That's that's so true. There's I mean, except for those moms out. that don't, that actually split the scene and decide, yeah, no, I'm out. Yeah, that's really curious when that happens for, for either parent, for the, the mom or the... And it's the a child. variety of reasons, right, oh, yeah, that make course. that happen. But I say self-care. If you are caring for yourself and doing what you need to do to take care of yourself, then hopefully you won't want to split. I never understood that. For me, there was no self-care. Um, after I had my second <laughs> baby, and they, they came really close, um, oh, uh, wow. just like barely, well, by some standards, um, they're just they're just barely two years apart. So I still had one in diapers, and then I had another one, and I remember they would just mm. scream in stereo for, you know, on occasion, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, which one do I go to? I like who wears blood I which one which one needs it most yeah yeah I, I remember I had there minor my two older two years apart as well and I had just potty trained my son 
and he broke his femur bone trying to, uh, I just, like, forget it, what he was trying to do. He's a daredevil. But, uh, yeah, he broke his femur bone and was in the hospital and then was in, like, a full body cast. I mean, it was 1970-whatever, 1979. And, you, you know, so I had to put him back in a diaper because he couldn't get full to the bathroom in a full body cast. And, and then Amber, little Amber, was in her diaper. So, yeah, I had two in a diaper. But he's so resilient. He taught himself how to move about by, by dragging himself through the hallways on his back with his elbows, sweet boy. I guess he must have been about four. Um, yeah, I had a sort of similar situation. Um, my son Clay, he was three and he got on top of crawled up the chair, crawled up onto the dining room table, goes, Mom, I'm going to jump. And I'm just like, oh my God. don't do it. And he jumped, and he, I couldn't get to him. Yeah. He, he yeah. was okay. I'm like, God, that was, you scared me to death. Like, you can't oh, he was okay. So, oh, okay. So he, Wait, I turned my back. Uh-huh. He climbs up on the chair again, gets back up on that table. Mom, I'm going to jump. And I just went running for him. He does it. He crumples into a ball on the floor and uh, fr- fractured his foot in three places. So I have so, the boys, the boys. Yeah. Well, daughter, I mean, okay. So how he, because the femur bone is the hardest bone in your body to break, right? So he was outside with a bunch of stuff with a kid, another kid, and they were climbing over motorcycles to get to this thing, and he fell. He had a really bad fall. Rushed outside, brought him inside, checked, checked him. He was fine. Took him to Kaiser, had him x-rayed. He was fine, but he wasn't. And so we were Easter egg hunting, and we were done for the day, and, you know, they want to keep going, and I held his little foot in place to get his shoe off and he got up and he jumped sort of up and to the side and I heard this pop and I knew and he started screaming and rushed to the hospital again and social services came because they said that's no way there's no way he could have broke his femur by you holding his foot and I was young I was 18, 19, I don't know maybe 20 and I said, I was here uh, two weeks ago with this kid and go find those x-rays, which of course they did. And they found that he had a hairline fracture that the doctor did not catch. So there you go. But yeah. man, they, they freak you out, those kids. They're like... I know. I feel we, could talk, we could talk for hours going down a list of... Oh yeah, marbles up the nose. Has your, your kid ever done that? My son stuck marbles up his nose. Thank God he didn't stick them up his baby sister's nose at the same time. I know. You just never know what they're going to do. They're rushing to the hospital again. They, they traumatize us. But, um, <laughs> well, yeah, I, I thought from Karma. this episode, like, we could, oh, my God, we could we could talk for hours about about The ailments of your children and what they put you the through. The craziness. But I thought that we could kind of talk more about what we're going through. Mm. Not not so much what they put us through, but what kind of what we expected, mm. um, what we had witnessed or understood about motherhood before it happened to us, and how how people can tell you, you're oh you get your rest now or you know whatever 
your mom tries to tell you a few things and your grandma tries to tell you a few things, but like most things in life, you cannot understand them until you're in it yourself. No. And then it's just a whole, it's just a well, whole we, thing. We, you and I had two completely different experiences as far as my right. life goes. And me, you know, I've had different experiences than most mothers. Right. So let's talk right. about yours. Well, I did not grow up have, uh, you know, having any desire to have kids whatsoever. I never thought about it. It, it was not like on my to-do list. When I was about 23, I talked to a doctor. <laughs> I don't know who's to-do who to list is always on. Uh, no, it it's on my to-do list. But by the way, today I think I'll get pregnant. Check yeah. that off. But, but, but from what, you know, you've, you've talked about and how your story. Um, oh, yeah, I always journey. wanted to be a mother. Right, yeah, no, right. I you was knew. born a mother. Yeah. You knew. And a lot of women do, and a lot of women don't. Um, but so I was in that category. However, um, I, in my later 20s, somewhere in my 20s, mid, you know, I met a man, and I think we talked about this before. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, an artist, and he, I just, you know, was blown away by him. Um, he, he and I had lunch one day. We were working, at, working on a project um, together. I worked at a museum, and he was an artist. And we'd given him a grant to create a new piece, and so we just had a, a production meeting. And I, I think we went on our first date, you know, the next the next night. And I knew pretty much within three weeks that I would have children with this man, which was a total 180 for me. Okay, so fine, that happens. Um, we do fall madly in love, and we do get married, and we do get pregnant. So. That happened. Um, I did have a pretty gnarly miscarriage on my first pregnancy. Yeah, I had one of those. Yeah. 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 So I was. But and it I was, was okay. A, I mean, I never mind. We'll talk about that later. You keep going. Oh, <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, so yeah, I was. I was at. I got. I got. Well, I didn't mean to get pregnant. It was his. His business is his company's Christmas party, and we were at the Century Plaza Hotel overnight, and pretty drunk, and I got knocked up in a hotel room. So, okay, you know, I, I wasn't really sure ever that I wanted to have kids, as I said before, but now it's happening, and oh my God, it, it this is amazing, and I feel like it's miraculous, and and if anything will make you believe in God, well, for me, it's creating life in your own body. And um, at about four months, or 16 weeks, I went to the, for, for a, just a regular check, and there was, there had been heartbeat, there had been everything, and then at 16 weeks, there was all of a sudden no heartbeat. So yeah, I went through happens. that. And yeah. so at four months, it was pretty far along. Okay, so I lose. How did you handle that? Um, well, because I'm sure there are women listening that have had miscarriages and had to keep she, going and deal with that. Yeah, she. So, so uh, my doctor. It was a Friday appointment. She said she sent me home. She said on Monday, if nothing has happened, then we'll schedule for for a DNC and we'll you know we'll take care of it. So Sunday afternoon, I'm on the phone with my grandma Mimi. And I basically went into labor. 
And I was like, oh, Mimi, I called her to tell her the sad news. And, and um, but I, you know, I did realize that no one wants to have anything but a perfect baby, you know, or, I mean, you know, it's, and this one just, something went wrong and I'll never know what, and it doesn't really serve any big purpose you know, to worry about yeah. it or ask why or try to figure it out. It just happened. I call those turnaround souls. I call those children that come in and either are aborted or miscarried or just don't make it that they this is my theory doesn't have to be anybody else's is that they make a choice and they decide I'm gonna come in and I'm gonna go back out and I may I, I don't know if the same soul comes back and then is reborn or if that was just their mission was to have that experience of being a turnaround soul because I know there are children on the other side waiting because I have seen them and I've worked with mothers wanting to get pregnant and helped women get pregnant and I've seen them lined up like I want to come in I want to come down and they are not fighting to get in but you know what what whatever it is they're doing I can feel it and clear it and clear the ancestral pattern so they can come down and, and have a full-term pregnancy it's it's interesting though how many women blame themselves for miscarriages you know mm -hmm. and I mine was because I, I had knew I could not have that child my husband had just died I just lost custody of the other two children and uh, it was like 1986 or 1987 and I uh, and I lined up the abortion I was like I'm not having a you know I'm a drug addict I'm not mm -hmm. having a child uh -huh. and uh, I was actually trying to get clean I was sitting in a meeting of Narcotics Anonymous and I started, you know, having a miscarriage. So I was like, oh, well, okay, you know. Uh, so, but I did not, I did not blame myself for either one of those things. No. I, I was like, and it, what happened, happened. I did not mean to get pregnant, and I did. I still know the guy today. He still calls me and checks on me and sees how I'm doing. And, you know, I, I would have married you. Uh, you know, it's just interesting life is so interesting but how do how did, that's why i said how did you get through it without blaming or shaming or you know no i, d I didn't putting feel yourself it. through it i i myself did not feel any of that good i just good. felt um sad and the thing is i actually saw it as a kind of a weird little gift because then after having that experience understanding what it was like a new understanding of what it feels to feel hope for the future outside of myself mm. like oh interesting like I got a glimpse of what it felt like for this life this whole entire existence not just to be about me and that kind of ties into what we were talking about earlier and that is not today's show but we will do a show on empaths and being an empath and not being an empath and, and knowing, because there's so much talk right now about empaths, I wonder what the non-empathic people feel like. Like, well, well what about us? <laughs> I don't think I am at all. So, um, yeah, that's it's interesting to look yeah. at from both sides. Yeah, totally. Angles. But back to this, we pulled the card, treat yourself like your own best friend from the Good Vibes deck. And I think that treat yourself like your own best friend is where I got the, oh, we could also give tips on self-care if you've gone through an abortion, if you've gone through 
a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. Um, I everything that's going on with uh, women's rights and with um, oh, yeah. Roe v. Wade being yeah. disseminated. Um, I I do feel like um, self care. It's huge. I, I, I mean, I was going to say, you know, well, at least it was legal for you to get the DNC. At least it was legal for me to ask for the miscarriage. I'm, I'm sorry, ask for the, I probably did ask for that too. Ask for the abortion, you know, because it was legal in the 80s right. to, to do that. And, and, and the fact that it's not now and in, in certain places, and that women are, are dying and struggling. It, it, it's bewildering to me. But I do know that this is the age of Aquarius, and this is the revolution. It is the time for women and men to take a stand for their rights as the 99%. And to really, I mean, France is still uh, protesting, England's been protesting, Israel's protesting. You know, they're protesting all around the world because we need to have this upheaval for people to wake the fuck up. Nobody, I don't care what you believe, nobody should have a uh, right over a woman's body. Amen. Period. Nobody should have a right over anybody else's body. Period. And if you think you do and should, well then, you know, I think, the wrath of God is coming. I, 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 I really do. I, 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 my belief in God is different from everyone else's, but the wrath of whatever it is karmically that is going to turn those people around. I used to say when I first started this work that, that I don't even know Rush Limbaugh. I, 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 sorry if you like him. I, I don't even really know. I think he's I, dead. I just like, would say like the Rush Limbaugh's of the world, like yeah. all those yes. types of people. The world is going to yeah. flip, you guys. And there's going to be that part of the world. And you can stay in it if you wish, but you don't have to. And if you stop complaining and stop being negative and stop saying, you know, blaming everyone else for your problems and being unaware of yourself and projecting all your shit onto other people and you take ownership and take responsibility and shift, you will be with the people that are in this lovely energy, loving one another, owning their stuff, saying I'm sorry, accepting responsibility. And these others, I don't know. I I don't know. But I, I don't know what's going to happen. Love them, love and light to them, because I always say, highest and best good, no harm to anyone. But, you know, I know that sh- the show just took a turn. But, you know, really, like, how to, we're talking about staying in a place of non-judgment. And, and integrity. Yeah. And instead of staying in a place of integrity, and whether you want to be a mother or not. Like, my daughter does not want to have children right now. Okay, that is also something that I'm witnessing, and it, that is becoming more and more a part of the conversation for women. Um, like, look at Chelsea Handler. She is such a proud, you know, I love proud her. non-mom. Um, I love her. And look at Drew Barrymore. She is such a proud mom. Yeah. You know, so it's like, whatever your choice is, it's your choice, but no government should rule exactly. on that. And, exactly. and so back to self-care tips, right, which I've been trying to get to. Self-care tips. I don't as know. As a mother, as okay. a mother of young children, what okay. do you do? What do you do? I remember I couldn't figure out how to make a phone call for, it was about six weeks because I was always holding a baby. 
So babies right. are different. Right. Some of them are super attached, which my first was, I could not put her down, she would cry. I could, she, if I put her down in a crib, out cold sleeping, she'd be awake and screaming within 90 seconds. So, um, like you just figure it out. And, and I would take her in the shower with me. Oh, that was another one. Right, how do yeah. I, in the beginning, how do I even pee? I couldn't, like, I never thought of all these logistics right, of right, keeping yeah. this little being alive. That's a big, that was a big challenge. Yeah, when every time you say that, like, I, I had to keep this being alive, I, I, it's, I never thought of it in those terms. I, but I always wanted to be a mom. I remember when I was 12 years old saying I wanted to be a mom and have no generation gap because my mom was 40 when she had me. So I was going to have my kids super young and have this deep relationship with them. And, and I do. And I struggle. I mean, you know, I still, my kids and I, you know, they're, because we're close in age, it's difficult with the friendship boundary of mm -hmm. mother, like, no, I'm your mom. Mm -hmm. Like with Victoria, it's easier um, because she's 31 and I had her when I was 31. Oh, that's another thing. Like she's like, oh my God, I'm the age you were when you had me. Mm -hmm. But with the older kids, you know, it's having those boundaries and stepping in as, as a mother is, it can be challenging. Yeah. You know, it yeah. can be. And so self-care for me is boundaries. Like for me to have boundaries with those kids, with not just the kids, with anybody, but boundaries for me is a form of self-care. Yeah, again, I never figured that out. I was so in. I, it actually affected my marriage too. I mean. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, because before you have kids, who, who are you taking care of all the time and you know who's who's your main focus the husband yeah the the, the partner or the wifey yeah yeah so yeah. so when and then the kid can, gets all the attention and oh 100 attached to your tit that oh yeah within within three days i realized oh my god it's like now my husband is having a freak out because it's it's just his job to bring me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, which is all, pretty much all I got. And <laughs> I'm not No kidding. ice cream and pickles? No, I'm not kidding. No, I mean, once the baby was born, I, I was taking care of the baby so intensely. And I was just so overwhelmed by the intensity of it that I completely locked into it and nothing else existed. And it had a, a definite negative effect on my marriage. So as it does many, yeah. And maybe I'm like I think that the road that I went down is is different from the approach that you took. So it's just interesting. In the end, we all, you know, hopefully end up in the same place around a table, loving each other as a family and laughing. But right, and to I be think a mom, yeah, is hard. yeah, to be a mom is hard, and I think men are getting a, a better understanding of that now. So really, you guys, as we're wrapping up the show. Think of tips for self-care, finding time for yourself, you know, napping, um, not trying to do it all alone, asking for help. I think, you know, asking for help and uh, allowing yourself not to be all things all the time for the child is super important. I also just want to honor and give a shout out to the women that have chosen not to be a mom. 
Oh, hell yes. Right? Right? Oh, um, hell yes. We okay. need you. I got to tell you. So yesterday uh, I had, yesterday was a beautiful sunny day. Um, people were filled out on our patio here and some, uh, a couple of women came in with their cute dog and I recognized them from being here before once. So I took the dog little treats and they said to me, uh, one of them said to me, oh, you, uh, you're, you're Kim, um, you do the podcast with the, with the oh, shaman and Isabella, and they listen, and I was like, oh my god, yeah, that's, oh, I'm, you know, kind of embarrassed, and, and um, you know, said, oh, so, you know, t- so tomorrow, um, I think we're going to be talking about motherhood, because they have this little dog, and they, you know, it's like a, a baby. Oh, yeah. We could do a whole yeah. show. And I said, do you have kids? On um, pets. Pets, for sure. Do you have kids? And they're like, no, you know, chose not to. And, you know, I just want to say that that is such... We talked about the freedom in that and how things have gotten better from, you know, I look at my mother's generation, that would not have been a possibility. And then my daughter's, you know, future, her generation, she probably won't have kids either. She'd like to adopt or something. Yeah, that's Victoria. That's Victoria. I, I do see her later in life having one. And and 40-year-olds today are not the same as in my mother's day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 40s, yeah. 40s still the beginning. Yeah. So, yeah, what a great show. Thank you so much for bringing that topic up, and we'll come up with some kind of clever name for you all. Uh, also, don't forget, come up and dine at the Modern Shaman Vegan Restaurant in Whittier. It's delicious. Thanks. I start my day off with homemade potato chips and... And our homemade dill ranch dressing. Mm. Oh my gosh, you wouldn't even know it's vegan, and it is. Um, And this weekend, April 29th, I will be at the Anaheim Convention Center at the Mindfulness Expo. Please come up and let me know if you listen to the show. I would love to meet you. Uh, Even if you don't listen to the show, I'd love to meet you. It's always a really fun time, small show, yoga. You can go to orangecountyhealingcenter.com under events to get your tickets or shamanisabella.com. Uh, and use my discount code. So I look forward to seeing you there. And uh, yeah, keep writing in, letting us know how we're doing. And um, any questions or things you, topics you'd like to discuss or have us discuss. Next week's show, I'm super excited to announce, is Ariel Astoria, who's written The Unfolding. Go grab yourself a copy and uh, let's tune in and hear what she has to say about her awakening process. Okay, everybody have a great week. Peace. Bye, love you. Love and light.